Hello and welcome to episode number 46 of the Fellowcast, a Candid Christian Conversations episode in which I will be having a great conversation with Pastor Rob Lucas, Garth Van Ikerk and Andrew Hull on the topic of authority. They discuss some of the intricacies and share some of their wisdom and knowledge on what authority is, how we operate from a place of authority, how we operate under authority, and what it means, what it all means to us as Christians within our different contexts and work at home within the church context and how we should live under authority even towards our local government. There are even some tips in how you should approach the voting box or sheet. So take a listen and enjoy. Okay, good morning. So as explained in the introduction, we are here for a chat, a candid Christian conversation with Pastor Rob, Andrew Hull and Garth van Ikerk about the topic of authority. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening. Whenever anyone will morning. be listening to this, we'll <laughs> just play everything in there. Um, Pastor Rob, maybe if you can get us started off with just the, the, the base, a basic understanding of authority. I, I, I believe that authority begins with God in that he created all things and uh, he has a say over all things. Um, He also has the responsibility of sustaining all things. So with with his authority over everything that is made, he gives it the protection of him being the one who who cares for and nurtures everything that is created. And so authority in terms of God's authority to give something to us to nurture and to protect and to grow, he will give us an authority over that Mm. in order that we may be able to protect it and grow it and and nurture it. Um, Quite contrary to the way in which many people would see authority as being a position Mm. of power, um, we would see that God is all-powerful. He doesn't need a position to be powerful. He is However, he takes an authority and he delegates an authority over his creation for our good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, hand in hand comes submission then, because that's the next question. If God is, has all authority, um, do we have any authority at all? So we only gain authority to, through submitting to God. Well, through delegated authority. Yes. Mm-hmm. As, as God brings that, that authority and says, uh, to Adam, I give you authority over all the earth. Yeah. Um, with that authority comes responsibility. There we go. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, you don't get an authority to rule from a throne. You, you get an authority to be God's representative mm-hmm. as God would be on earth. Yeah. Um, and you're given an authority and a responsibility. There's an accountability. God comes to him in the cool of the evening. Mm-hmm. And, and he's coming to find out what happened today. Mm-hmm. Um, not a good day, the one we read about, but he, there, is an, there is a responsibility um, with accountability that mm-hmm. goes with authority. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> for me, that's perhaps one of the, <clears throat> the more, uh, more important points is that with authority comes uh, accountability, comes responsibility. So almost with the greater authority that you have, the greater... Uh, sense of accountability and responsibility you have to yeah. to to people yeah. so um you know everyone wants authority and wants power but with that comes a huge responsibility yeah. so i think that's the other side that one yeah. needs yeah. to, to I, I believe that's a quote from one of the spider-man movies with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's true it's very true yeah. Yeah. 
and I think that what we've got to be careful of is is that we don't we, we recognize that we're responsible primarily to God. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because He is the Creator yeah. and He is the seat of all authority. Mm-hmm. So when He delegates it to us, we're not responsible to people. We're mm. answerable primarily to God. Yes. Um, and and when we get that right, yeah. then we are dealing with people in the way God has ordained for yeah. us to deal with them. Yeah. So so who gets authority if we say if, if, if authority is delegated or given in the different kind of um, spheres of life? Who who gets authority? Who gets given authority? Maybe if I can use an image, then eh, is yeah. that in a worldly perspective, we would always admire freedom. That if I, if I don't answer to anybody, then I'm my own authority. Yeah. And if I can do whatever I want to do, then I've got more power. So um, the stallion picture always, that um, as men we want to all be that wild stallion running on the field, wherever I want, whenever I want, and it looks powerful. But it's a lovely image for me in that as soon as I allow a saddle on my back and I allow an authority over me, then suddenly sure, yeah. the horse discovers, wow, I don't have to be fearful when the bullets start shooting in the wall. Yeah. Oh, wow, I can jump a cliff much further than I thought I could ever. Yeah. Um, and sure, I can even jump through a fire, you know. Suddenly the horse actually gains power through submission. Yeah. Mm. But then the question is, as where you started off now, that horse can allow a scoundrel to sit on his back? And he will gain authority, yeah. and the scoundrel may make him great, but he may make him a great robber or a great thief or yeah. a great murderer. Or he can allow the sheriff to be on his back, and the sheriff will make him great. Yeah. He will make him a great tool of righteousness, a yeah. great hero. Mm. So we don't ever have <coughs> statues of stallions, <laughs> but we have sitting on his horse or you know (laughs) the the hero becomes only a hero when he allows someone to sit on his back sure yeah maybe andrew from from you you know we spoke about the differences in in authority in the business world and our Mm. authority is gained and within uh, christianity in in kind of the spirit realm Mm. like we started off you know it Mm. comes from god what would you say are some of the key differences to what it looks like in the corporate or in the business world where many of the people that would be listening to this actually operate? And how do you yeah. kind of uh, marry the two or reconcile the two? And is it even possible? I think, well, in the business world, uh, authority is usually uh, a delegated authority. And so if you take a, a private company, for instance, uh, the owner of that company, or if it's a public company, the shareholders of that company mm. then uh, bestow authority on a board of directors, for yeah. example. So that board would have the authority, for example, to appoint a chief executive officer, and that board has the authority to uh, uh, for oversight over the organisation, yeah. for strategic direction, for um, you know some of the, the main policy kind of decisions. So it's a it's a delegated authority. Yeah. Um, and there's authority uh, connected to position. So it's a positional kind of authority or positional power. Mm. So the chief executive officer has, is the, is, he's the chief, so he's the, the top of the pile. Mm. So he has executive powers of the entire organization, yeah. executive management powers of the entire organization. 
uh, whereas a director of, of a specific function has accountability and authority over that particular function, but mm -hmm. not necessarily over the whole organization. Um, so there's positional power, and but then there's also sort of your uh, other kinds of power, like, uh, like non-positional power, like people who have key influence in an organization. Yes. It might be the... Mm -hmm. It might be the secretary, it might be the bookkeeper, it might be different people who may not have the, the, the authority on paper, mm. but are highly influential in the organization. Okay. And yeah. uh, they're the kinds of people that you wouldn't um, want to bypass if you're trying to get a decision <laughs> made. Yes, you'll get nothing done. <laughs> you'll get nothing done. So, <coughs> there's yeah. the, so you would need to take that into account. So these, these, these different the kinds balances. of uh, balances. Mm. Now, as Christians, the question's going to be, yeah. what if my boss is not a godly man or mm. woman? Mm. What mm. then? Can I submit mm. to them? Well, let's go all the way back into the garden. Yes. Mm. Because I think that if we, if we, if we get the, the structure right, we can understand where it went mm. wrong. Yeah. And so in, in the garden, Adam and Eve are given authority over the earth. And we know that when they sinned, they served Satan as slaves. And so he took their authority away from them. Mm. Mm. So he now is the, the, the prince of this world. Um, in fact, so much so that when, when he's tempting Jesus, he takes Jesus to that high place and he shows him all the principalities of the world and the authority. Mm. And he says, bow down and worship me and I will give it to you. So we need to see that there's been a shift in, in the authority structure. So as much <laughs> as God gave man an authority to rule the earth on his behalf, the moment that he broke the structure, the moment that he sinned, that he went against God, that, that whole structure fell into the hands of Satan. Mm. And so we see a lot of abuse mm. of authority. And that's a little bit of what you're talking about. Mm. People who would abuse their position, abuse their power. Why? Because of the prince of this world. Yes. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, when, when Jesus, and I, can I go there? You can go when Jesus it. comes onto the earth, um, they're amazed at his authority as a teacher. Mm. They're amazed at his authority over demons. Mm. Um, they're amazed at his authority to forgive sin. Mm. So Jesus comes and he makes that demonstration how far we've fallen from what was, what was given to us. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so we need to recognize in the cultures that we live in, we've got this brokenness. Um, and to speak about a pure biblical understanding of what authority is and how it's been marred today by sin, um, we, we end up with the situations mm. that you're talking yeah. about where someone who doesn't have authority actually mm. manipulates and controls. controls. Mm. Yeah. And th there's also many sort of uh, structures put into place to try and prevent abuse of power. Yeah. And uh, those are sometimes helpful and sometimes become more of a problem as well. So as an example, you'd have a, a um, non-executive directors appointed to a board to on the on the on the uh, to bring diversity or different thinking, but also to to perhaps uh, offset some of the authority figures in the board, mm. um, uh, and you have uh, shareholders that um, at an annual general meeting try and bring the board to account for certain things that they're doing. So there are checks and balances that are built in, as Rob said, in a very broken world and. Um, 
And I think we can see it if we just look at our organizations, our, our state-owned enterprises, our public and private organizations where corruption has become endemic. Mm. So these checks and balances are not actually working. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I want to just quickly come in there with something that you mentioned, Andrew, on, you know, there's certain people within an organization that, that may have an authority that wasn't really given in a sense, you know, like you mentioned, like a secretary mm. or this or that. What would you make with that? Because we know that we, we, there's, there's reality as it is, our bodies and the, the, the realm that we live in, but there's a spirit world that is also real. Mm. Now, within a, I'm trying to, to phrase the question as purely as possible, but so does that person pick up an authority? Do they, are, they, are they someone who knows their identity and so they walk in that authority if it wasn't given? How does that work? And is it, is it then, like it sounds like it's recognized, you know, it's recognized like you would say, you the secretary is very influential or the, the janitor or whatever. Um, how does that come about? Is that someone who's a Christian and, and operating from that kind of place of authority um, within a business realm? Because we believe the kingdom of light is greater than mm. the kingdom of darkness, not to say that all businesses mm. are the kingdom of darkness, <laughs> not at all. I don't know. Does it make sense what I'm trying to ask? I, I, you're going to go, Goth? Yes, yeah. I would say, okay, we're speaking hypothetically yes. about a person somewhere, but it could well be um, a child of God or it yeah. could not be. Yes. So it could be for mm -hmm. good or it could be for yep, bad. Absolutely. But, but I think um, generally authority comes from knowing who I am. Yeah. So you have people who are really assertive. They're just sure of, I know who I am mm -hmm. and I know what I have to give. Yeah. I know how to give it. So when we raise children in that sense, I think we raise children who can walk with authority. They know who mm -hmm. they are. For us as Christians is, yeah, I knew, know who I am in Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know who lives inside of me and the mandate that he gave me in the earth and how to play that out mm. in every area of life, including the workplace. Yeah. And that becomes authority. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I want to go to the, sorry, I will always pick up on the. You go. <laughs> That's what this is about. <laughs> pick up on the other stuff. Uh -huh. um, yes. But we have to understand that authority is unto the one who gives it. So when I take authority that doesn't belong to me, that isn't delegated to me, that I have no one to whom I'm accountable, yes. I'm actually acting in sin. Mm. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter how confident I am about myself and my abilities and how I see the business. The moment I step out from under the authority of the one who's over me, then I step into sin. And here's the, the, the tragedy of that is, is, is that when I'm under the authority of the one who's above me and I'm doing what I'm told to do, I'm protected by the one who's above me. Mm -hmm. But the moment I step out of under, from uh, underneath that authority, I'm no longer under protection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the person who is my authority can't step in and save me because I've stepped out from under their protection. So there is, a, there is an element to it that, yes, we can be Christians, we can be confident, we can know who we are, but we can be in rebellion, yeah. and we need to call yes. it what it is. That's the word. That's yeah. rebellion. Can I throw in a couple of scriptures? Because mm. scripture is so, so beautiful in every single relationship with that. Um, when it says, uh, wives, submit to your husbands, it is as unto the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it says, um, Christians, in Ephesians 5 as well, Submit to one another as unto the Lord. Yeah. When it says in Romans chapter 13, um, to the government, why? Because it's placed there by God. Yeah. So I'm submitting as unto the Lord. Again, yeah. it's every single time. 
the phrase is, I submit to the authorities recognizing that God places authorities over me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. C- could, could we maybe talk about the authority structure within the church and then to say, you know, with what Andrea has mentioned about the business world, would we be fair to say that we, we should actually be looking to see that within the world as well as Christians to go, it would be ideal for the world to adopt a Christian church-based authority structure? in terms of what we would say, the elders and those kinds of things. To explain that. Before we get into that, uh, I think we need to go back to to the Ephesians 5 that Garth quoted. And and, um, we have to understand something, that it's generally not so much the structures that we live in, Mm. but whether or not we're Mm spirit-filled. Because as an individual, when I'm filled with the Spirit, that's when I speak to others in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, make melody in my heart, and submit one to another. So um, (coughs) we've got to recognize that if I'm not in that space, in my personal life of being able to submit to the Lord and to submit to those around me, I'm probably not going to be able to submit to my boss. So there's a personal element to this. Mm. And and to believe that somehow the world would suddenly get onto a Christian system, you're pretty hopeful. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And you you know, don't hold your breath. Yeah. Mm. Um, but for you to say, I'm fully submissive, I'm going into my workplace and I'm submitting to my master or my boss or my employer or my, my team captain or whatever it is, as unto the Lord, mm. then I shift the atmosphere there rather than trying to change the whole business yes. to be more biblical. Yeah. I'm the change, yeah. and I'm the change element. Yeah. So, and we need to see that, and even in the church. You know, many people will come into a church and they'll say, but I can see what's wrong in this church. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello, it's a church. It's got mm-hmm. people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and th- I can fix this church. No, we normally need to fix ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Um, and how we go. So how, does, how do we operate as a church, as a, as a, a, a simple Baptist church? Are we simple? No. <laughs> <laughs> In our understanding, our constitutional understanding of a church, well, we, w- we would say that the, the head of the church is Jesus without a doubt. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. He is the Lord. Um, the Word of God becomes the, the letter by which we live. So um, to stay under the authority of Jesus and the word would be primary. Um, and, and then how that is worked out in the community of believers. We would see ourselves as a city, an old city, where you have gates. Hmm. And you have people who watch over the gates. And they would be elders. Yeah. And they would sit in the gate and they would interview people coming in and out. They would decide on the trading hours. And, and they, they would have an oversight of the entire city. Mm. Nothing came in that didn't come through them. And nothing actually went out that didn't go past them. Yeah. So we would see elders as, a, as the, the overarching, overseeing element of the, the church. Mm. The, they oversee everyone and everyone. And you say, what, is that f- what do they oversee? Well, they oversee the biblical vision of the church. They, they oversee the, 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 the primary core values of the church. They oversee the workers in the church because mm. ultimately they, they are the oversight. So it's not the senior pastor, but the elders that oversee that. Um, they oversee the culture of the church. And they're constantly looking at the big picture rather than at individual little pictures. They're mm. seeing 
everybody at the same time. So they would be they would be the authority who are responsible. And mm. I'm say it again. They are responsible for the vision, the implementing of the vision, the strategy, and the the moving mm. forward. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And it's interesting that um, historically or traditionally that was the role of the board of directors of a business sure. was to actually provide oversight um, and and <clears throat> in some of the old sort of uh, corporate governance type of training they talked about the board of directors being the stewards mm. yes. of the organization and yeah. unfortunately how far we seem to have fallen from from, from that, that. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah there's there's definitely that um, that wisdom in that in that group of elders or, or directors have giving oversight over that organization yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and being a steward into the future. Yeah, okay. we spoke about influence earlier. You, you won't probably bring it up, but I will. <laughs> Rob is by far the most influential person yeah. in our congregation and to a greater part, the sort of the face of the company. Mm. I mean, mm. everybody knows Rob. Um, and yet Rob is not the highest authority in the church. But I can say that as well, only because he chooses to submit. submit it is yeah. the structure yeah. of mm. the church. It's supposed to be that way that he submits to the elders of the church. But honestly, if he chooses not to, he can run with his church pretty much anywhere he wants. Yeah. Just because of his influence. And yes, it's going to cause destruction. It's going to make a tear. Mm. Things are going to fall apart. And there will be no legacy continuing after him. Mm. Because the church will be founded on Rob. Mm. And not on the structures as God's put it in the place. That's your, There's no continuation. Your stallion picture of now a yes. wild Mustang. There's there no one riding. Yeah. The Jesus isn't on the horse, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Or, okay. There's the sort of hand in glove thing of authority and submission at mm -hmm. the same yeah. time. So it, it it's um, sometimes difficult to kind of understand. So you might be the head of an organization but you also have to submit to the board of directors yeah. can you yeah. see that there's no, you're in authority but you also submit yeah. it's mm. the same in a church you are you may be the authority figure but you're also submitting to the board yeah. uh, to the, the the board of elders yeah mm. so and the two have to go in hand in hand i mean i think if you take an example of you as a father in your home you, you are an authority figure but you are also um Giving your life up for your wife yeah. and your children yeah. is a, a submission in that sense yeah. to the to the um, the welfare of your family. Yeah. Uh, and so these two are really. If you don't get the one without the other, I think you're in trouble. Yeah. 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 It's that accountability thing again. Yeah. And what what you've mentioned is if you're under that authority, you you willfully submit. Mm. There's a freedom for you to operate because you have the the backing of the those who are over you. Yeah. But when when you may have all the skills and the gifting, but you do, you do your own thing in any way, you've taken away that what you would call clout behind mm. you, and yeah. then suddenly you're just out there on your yeah. on your own yeah. and yeah. attracting all kinds of wrong things, really. Now, the, in any work situation, we can use the church as an example, but it applies everywhere. The, there's always those times when we will think, but they're getting it wrong. And mm. I can see the elders are not seeing this thing. Let's take a church where uh, I understand prophecy should be in the church. And man, our elders just don't see it. And I'm mm. supposed to be a pastor in the church. So surely I must go there because yes, like scripture says it and whatever else, then I can take the church there apart from the elders. But yeah. I can't do that. So 
what do we do then? Let's say, for instance, I had a boss before that was a really ungodly man, mm. and not in the church setup, mm. <laughs> but I really had a very ungodly boss. His morals, his values were not Christian at all, and I had to choose to submit to him. How do you do that? I, I, I think that, that there is there is the understanding of structure and the understanding that God calls me to remain within the structure. If I can't remain in the structure, and I'm just being real, there's yes. sometimes that we say, when we have a boss like that, we say, Lord, please will you move me? Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, and particularly in a church, I think that, that rather than saying, I'm going to bring destruction on the body, I will move. Yeah. Um, which is a big deal. To be able to say, I'm so convinced that there should be pro- there should be prophecy in the church, yeah. um, that uh, I can't stay here anymore. I need to resign from being under the authority of these elders. There we go. And I can remove myself, and then I can go and be what I want to be. But while I'm under the authority of these elders, it's actually their picture mm. that counts. Mm. So if I think I'm doing the right thing in disagreement with them. Even though it might be the wrong thing, I'm still in rebellion, and mm-hmm. there'll be no good fruit to the good thing. I'm and and, and I'm now, Garth, you've you've really pulled out what it's actually about. Mm-hmm. Very often, when you have those rebellions, there is no fruit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it actually damages the fruit of the church for a long time yeah. until there's a healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but the the number one way of of measuring rebellion is you can see the destruction that it brings mm-hmm. because it comes with witchcraft. Mm. Uh, and it comes with manipulation and wanting my own way and 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 playing with people. Mm. So um, just a, a picture that I, I want to throw back on. We were talking about what's behind the authority. So um, if you think of the speed cop who stands in the middle of the road with his little white glove mm. and he stops uh, a 32 wheeler. OK, and it stops with that little white glove mm. and it's got nothing to do with the speed mm. cop or his glove. It's got to do with who he represents. Yeah. Yes. It's the authority behind him that you're afraid of. And in the same sense, we've got to recognize that, that it's not the elders that carry all of this clout. It's the God who institutes eldership that carries all of the clout. Mm. Yeah. And, and when they are in submission to him, then that he will bring the authority that is necessary to bear mm. yeah. in the mm. church. But it's not a bunch of powerful men or women or, or, or team at the top. It's, it's about a very powerful, <laughs> omni-powerful, omnipresent God mm-hmm. yes. behind the obedience mm-hmm. of the eldership. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all of our responsibility to keep the unity yeah. under that eldership. Yeah. And then, as Scripture says, yeah. God commands a blessing. blessing yeah. I think um, it... it and we do see it when people don't want to submit under authority and rebellion happens. We can see how that can break up an organization. Mm. I think just perhaps just looking at it, uh, the other side of the coin, or not the other side of the coin, but a good example in Scripture is the Daniel examples where uh, Nebuchadnezzar set up that image and said, right, everyone needed to bow down to it. Uh, except our friends, all Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. Who, who then, so let's look at that. They, an authority figure said you've got to do something that was against what they believed, mm-hmm. right? They then chose not to, to bow down to that because they were obeying, you know, one of the Ten Commandments. Mm. Um, 
But I think what's important there is that, uh, let's just finish the story. So they were thrown into the furnace. We know that the furnace was incredibly hot because those that threw them in there died. They burned up. Yeah. And uh, when Nebuchadnezzar looked in, there weren't the three, but there were four. Mm. And, um, be, you know, and one being probably Jesus, Jesus walking <laughs> with them. Hey? And, um, but what's interesting for me is that when they came out of the furnace, the first thing that Nebuchadnezzar said was, you know, um, your God is a is a great God, and he actually then he, he there was a decree that went out that everyone had to to uh, respect the God of Shadrach, you know, and so on. Mm. So I think there's something about the way you go about disobeying. Mm. If I can be as blunt as that, because that's what they did. They disobeyed a yes. correct command mm. from the king. But what I don't see is that they toy toyed that they they went on a hunger strike or whatever. We, we don't know all the details, mm. but they were in the furnace. And so I believe it was the way that they went about not obeying the authority figure mm. in that instance. Yes. And mm. perhaps another example, also in Daniel, is Daniel himself, because mm. he was one of the, uh, what they called them, satraps. It was a sort of administrator over an, a region. Yeah. And again, um, I think this was, in that case, was when uh, it was King uh, Darius, or, or however you say that, uh, he said, um, if anyone petitions or prays to anyone other than the king for the next 30 days, mm -hmm. then you're going to land up in the lion's den. And yeah. of course, Daniel said, well, I pray three times a day and I, I bring my petitions to God. Yeah. Um, and he landed up in the lion's den and we know what happened there and the lion's mouths were, were closed. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it is something in the way Daniel submitted. Mm -hmm. um, so I think... There are going to be times when we're going to be faced with what I've been told to do is very contrary to the scripture. I need to do what scripture says, but I need to do it in a way that's still honoring. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. And it's still... Um, so, so let's talk about that in like a, in a broad scale mm -hmm. in terms of national government. Yeah. You know, we might not all be under the authority of the party that we voted for, so to mm -hmm. speak, whatever your vote may be. But th that will be the fact for many people. So how do you then relate to the government in that sense? Because I think you're touching on that. You know, they, we all are under that authority. We all stop for the speed cop. Oh, well, I mm. hope you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we have to mm. obey the authority. And it mm. doesn't mean because one thing is wrong, we don't obey the other thing. But, but mm. just some thoughts around that. Yeah. The, the New Testament follows exactly the same train. Mm. Um, Romans 13 is written under a government where they were commanded to worship the emperor mm. as God. Mm. 1 Peter is the same mm. as well. So every time that scripture tells us to submit, it is as unto the Lord. And mm. I think that phrase changes the whole thing. As God tells me, submit under this authority, honor your boss, honor the government, all of those. Um, but as unto the Lord. Mm. So if the Lord does not say what mm. he says, if he commands you to break the law, if he commands you to scam in the workplace, cook the books or whatever the thing may be, then it is, all right, Lord, this is not you. Mm. Mm. And therefore, honoring to the boss, I will not do this. I'll have to resign. Um, or yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> either that or just make a stand yeah. and say, mm. that, that's not good. Mm. Julie's not here, but can I use the example from her workplace? You've said it from the mm. pulpit before, so it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> At some stage, there, um, uh, there was foul language in Julie's mm. workplace, and she packed up her stuff and went home. Mm. 
just said to the boss, sorry, I will not stand it. And it wasn't her boss, it was somebody who came in and um, swore in front of him. And she stood up for that. Yeah. And um, it was such an honoring thing from the boss to call her back, ask this man or told him, you will apologize <laughs> to my secretary mm. and that will not happen again. And it never happened again. Sure. So she was honoring towards her boss, but stood on her values mm. and saying, this, I don't have to stand for this. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, and and I, I do think that that when when it's the way in which we we take our stand, it's mm. the attitude with which we take our stand, it's the heart with which we take yeah. our stand. If I'm just purely in rebellion, then mm. that's rebellion. Mm. Mm. But but if if I'm looking at it and I'm saying, God, I can't do this because it's destruction. It might even destroy the company. Mm. You know, I I can't go to that place because I know the outcome of what is going to happen. Mm. Um, that's a whole different ball game to, you know, causing a riot in the business. Mm. Yes. Um, going and speaking to all your mates and saying, you know what, the the CEO or the the senior pastor or the whatever, and 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 vying for power mm. to overthrow. Yeah. Mutiny. Yeah, mm. That that we've got to just see as comes out of the pit of hell. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a that's a demonic strategy that is being used mm. and mm. we need to call it that because if mm. we don't call it that then we we kind of okay it yeah mm. but it's not okay mm. it's mm. never okay yeah, yeah. you know I, th I think the well, what garth was saying as well just around you know it's got to be as as unto the lord um i think if a lot of christians in the workplace today had actually understood that perhaps it would have been a very different uh, outcome because mm. if you ask to do a corrupt thing or to cook the books or whatever the case is at the moment people are saying you've heard it the people say well my boss told me to do it yeah. and that's my justification for doing it as Christians we've got to be saying yes my boss asked me to do it but I realized this was not unto the Lord yeah and therefore I took a stand and didn't do it yeah. mm. you see there's a very different uh, set of uh, decision points you've got to go mm. through so you'll hear, you'll be hearing in the various commissions that are set up that people are saying, well, I was told to do this. Mm. Well, I'm sorry, that's not good enough in a Christian's It's uh, if you yeah. don't recognize that there is an ultimate authority yeah. over all of us. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 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 Just, just to go back to um, the, just the use of the word authority, um, I know that we, we obviously read in the English, but, but when Jesus says that the... The, the the Gentiles lord it, rule mm. with authority mm. over yes. others. He's actually speaking about the danger of position, mm. Mm. of people using their position to control other people, mm. um, and and so we need to be very aware of that as well. That we don't start making positions powerful, mm. but we see positions as an opportunity, an area of service. To serve, yes. Yeah. Uh, and and of ministry, yeah. um, that I'm not given this this position so that I can lord over everybody else and tell everybody else what to do, but I'm given th this position because I'm entrusted mm. with the responsibility yeah. of that. Mm. And 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 Jesus says we don't do that. We actually serve one another, yeah. you know. Um, and 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 He gives us that example where it says, and Jesus knowing <laughs> yeah. that all authority had been given to Him. And that mm. he was going to the Father, he took off his outer garment, put on the towel, and washed their feet. Mm. Um, and so we see that the, the, the one who's been given all authority, ultimate authority, is, is demonstrating it in washing feet. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, and that's so contrary to the way we see authority yeah. in our culture. Yeah. Um, and and we, we need to balance that out yeah. uh, in our daily lives of being able to say, you know, do we think like the world in terms of authority or do we think like Jesus? Yeah. So greater authority <clears throat> means greater responsibility and, and influence to serve people. Yes. So you've been given greater influence in more people's lives. For instance, if you're the CEO, you're pastoring more people than a manager would or something like that. But that's basically what it means. And Jesus, when you just said that, Andrew, it made so much sense when you think so many Christians are asking, how can I actually be a Christian outside of church on a Sunday? And I mean, we've been speaking to work and all those mm. kinds of things. But then there's such a powerful thing in being submissive at work. Yeah. Serving at work yeah. will then bring out that, yeah. that fruit, even when the, the um, boss isn't necessarily mm. a born-again Christian or the yeah. company doesn't yeah. have Christian values. Yeah. But you do a Daniel trick on them. You know, yeah. you serve. Yeah. And because of that, God's blessing is upon it. Yeah. And you, have, you gain greater influence yeah. in such a way to serve and to, yeah. to be a blessing to the company. That's, yeah. that's quite a profound thing. If you get that, like you said, mm. for, for many Christians who don't think, we think being a Christian is coming to church. Yeah. And that defines your influence yeah. when you uh, give Sunday school to some kids Absolutely. or something. But it's actually so much more that mm. you can do with what you've been given. So yes. much more. And I mean, I think if I can just pick up on that picture, I mean, I think it's such a powerful picture that the God of this universe with all authority um, came here and served. Yeah. I mean, that, that example yeah. of him washing his disciples' feet, which was the, the job that the lowest of the low did in the household, mm. you know. Mm. So here's the picture, that instead of our organizations, our big, powerful uh, business world, mm. if the, the heads of those organizations, instead of accruing, becoming more elite, um, you know, but were seen to be serving like Jesus did, yeah. would, would you not think that there'd be a huge change in our business world? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to encourage our businessmen and women to yeah. see themselves differently and see themselves as Jesus, how Jesus was, yeah. but in the business world. Yeah. It does mean turning a lot of things upside down because if I see getting to the top of the organization is my ticket to riches and glory and to power and to elitism and to stuff, then we've missed the, we've missed the plot. Yeah. But if you see that you're, you're, the fact that you've been given certain authority as to now I have the, now I have the responsibility to serve, yeah. mm. serve in leadership. I mean, we've all talked about that and read about that. Mm. Oh, gee, wouldn't that change a lot yeah. of things? We're not talking about businesses and, and all mm. of that, but I think it is true to say when we speak of authority, we need to understand that um, God's authority that he, he has for the world is for the good of the world. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's not for monetary profit. Yeah. Mm. And so when we speak about businesses, most people are in business to make money. Mm. So their purpose is focused on money and not on people. Yeah. So we, 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 we've got to be real. Um, and many churches are not even focused on people. Mm. You know, they, they, they're focused on the ministry or the program or the, mm. the whatever it is that they're busy with. Um, yet God's focus is he sustains all things um, by his word, that he keeps all things. So, so when we start talking about 
um, being in a place of, of work, am I worried about people? Am I honoring people? Am I growing people? Because in God's economy, that will grow the money. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But when we, when we neglect people, then we abuse people and we abuse authority. Mm. Because mm. I have the power to tell you to work those extra mm. hours, even if it's destructive to your family. Mm. You know, because I have the power to do the, you know. Mm. Um, so, but if we, if we saw it in a different light, if we were saying, hang on a second, this person is important. Because I'm responsible for them because I have authority over yeah. them. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It changes the way we view it. Mm. So old, old Bill Johnson has this uh, quote that he uses. He says, serve with the heart of a king and rule with the hand of a servant. Mm. It's, yeah. just, it's just the opposite. Mm. And, and so you, you'd, some people have a, a position to rule, but if you do it with the heart of a servant, it does what you, what you mm. are saying. It, it's about the people and not about the stuff. So just to move on in terms of, you know, the, the ultimate authority that, well, not the ultimate authority, but in terms of our daily living, we're under the authority of the government and, and so on. What would, as a Christian, what would be our role in terms of voting? You know, when we vote, uh, how do we approach that when we think about voting as Christians? Listen, Who do we I, vote for? I, I thought we were going to go give there. Parties so. now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to go yeah. there. So I went and looked up a, a scripture that, oh. that um, just comes to mind when I think about voting. It's in Judges chapter 9. Yeah. You know, um, the great Gideon uh, was used by God to, to save the people. And then Gideon went on and had a, a massive family. And in that family, with all these sons that he had, he had a, um, a son with... A, what did they call them? A hofrau. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and he, he lived in a different town, Abimelech. Yes. And then Abimelech uh, was a bit of a scoundrel. And he had a couple of people around him. He was a really influential guy. And he then decided um, he wants to be the next leader of the people when his dad passed away. And he came to the people of Shechem, which was quite a... Uh, powerful city at the time and all the rest of the sons of Gideon stayed over there and then he started conniving to get the power of the city mm -hmm. and eventually killed all these brothers half brothers yeah. and uh, except for one and this brother went and stood on a hill and he told a parable and I think that parable is just so powerful when we think if I have any choice who needs to be in power how do I actually apply that choice and the parable goes like this. He says, the trees of the forest went to go and choose a leader. And um, they went to the olive tree. And they said to the olive tree, come, reign over us. And the olive tree said, no, 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 no. Why should I give up my precious oil that is a blessing to God and to people um, to go and rule over people? In other words, he's saying, man, I know what I'm about. I, I don't want to rule over people. And so they went to the vine and said to the vine rule over us and the vine said man I bring forth fruits that just bless people make people happy why would I stop doing that to go and rule over people in other words he's saying I don't want to rule over people and they went on again and eventually it stops with they went to the bramble which yes. is a thorn bush <laughs> and the thorn bush's answer to them was sure enough I'll be your ruler if you come and take protection in my shade now nobody wants to take protection in the shade of a thorn bush because you're going to stand on thorns you know um and then his warning to them was the bramble said 
But if you don't come and hide in my shade, then may fire go out from the bramble and destroy you and me. So the thorn bush is going to burn and everybody. And at the end of the day, that's what happened. Abimelech became the leader. The guy who really wanted the power became the leader and it destroyed the people. I think that story just says so much. Yeah. 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 So, so how do we go about it? Um, I, I think that we, we first of all recognize that our constitution requires that we be given a vote and that we be given a vote for, for whatever party that we want and as participants in a country and, 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 and we're patriotic. We belong to, we belong to South Africa. Mm. We, we, need to, we need to vote. Mm. Um, we need to be able to look at the, the various parties, the various peoples, and we will make a choice in prayer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We will come before the Lord and we'll say, God, you know what? I, I don't know who I've got to vote for, but, but as long as I've got peace mm. for who I'm voting, then, then I'm, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Mm. Um, because I think that what people would like you to say is you should vote for the blue team, <laughs> yeah. you know, or mm. you should vote for the red team, That's yeah. the or right you thing, should yeah. vote for the green team. But, but in the end, I need to come before the, the, the maker of the heavens and the earth and say, Lord, I need to hear what you say, and I need to submit to you leading and guiding me mm. in this. Mm. Yes. Now, many people will say, oh, that's super spiritual. But that's exactly what we are. Yeah. Mm. We are super spiritual. We, God lives inside of us. Mm. Why would we not think that God would lead and guide us in such a crucial thing as the voting in a country. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's interesting. As a church, we actually <coughs> vote on some matters as well. Yes, mm. it's part of the Baptist constitution, yeah. um, and exactly the same thing applies. Where we, every every one of us, need to recognize, I've got a responsibility to go and pray about this. Mm. Do we need to buy that piece of land? Must we build onto the church? Whatever the choice mm. is, I need to hear from the Lord. And time and time again, just that power that comes with us coming together and. Wow, we can with certainty say the Lord have led us yeah. to this decision. Mm, yeah. I think as Christians we can apply exactly the same rule like Rob yeah. says to voting in a country. Yeah. 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 Uh, and perhaps just to add on to that is um, <clears throat> in that particular example, the, the congregation are asked to pray about a particular thing mm. and they go away and then they come back and they vote. And so maybe a suggestion is that is that as Christians we become clear on what does a God-led, Holy Spirit-inspired country look like? Mm. Maybe that's just a starting point. You say, what would be the laws? What would, what would it look like? Mm. And then, because out of that comes a set of, of policies that you believe in, as an example. And, um, and then to really go, perhaps to go and say, well, there are, there, there are many parties, they're all at the moment running through their manifestos, you know, which ones are more closely aligned to what I believe, you know, a godly country would look like. Mm. Um, review that and then look, uh, we also know that with every party there's stuff, some stuff we like, some stuff we don't like, but on the balance of it, you know, one needs to come to a decision just like we do in a congregation. The members have to make a decision about whether we're going to buy that land or not. Mm -hmm. And so you have to come to that point where you have gathered enough information um, 
and then you go and you need mm. to actually make an informed decision. Informed decision. Yeah. And, right. and let the peace be your judge. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Make that decision in yeah. peace and, and then you can have confidence mm. in that. Gentlemen, sirs, it's been really great talking to you guys. I know you have other appointments lined up, so we're wrapping it up right now. There's actually quite a few more questions we can run through, but for today, we'll stop it right there. And I just want to say to the listeners, those who are listening, if anything's popped up and you have something else that you might need to or need some clarity on with regards to authority, we would love to get the, the three wise men together again <laughs> and talk about it. So if you've been listening, thank you so much. Thank you to Pastor Rob, Andrew, Garth. Really appreciate your time and just how you've uh, shared your wisdom and knowledge with us. Until next time. Bye-bye.